is Jeff. Good morning. How are you guys this morning? Good, good, good. You know, I am really excited to be here this morning. I am excited to share the Word of God with you because here's the greatest thing about the Word of God. It brings life to us. It brings so much joy into our lives that sometimes when we are in the midst of something happening in our lives that we can still look forward to getting to know Jesus Christ, getting to have a deeper relationship with him. Because here's the thing, that every time we step closer to Jesus is a step closer to understanding the kingdom of God. And then it's also the kingdom of God living in us so that we can go and share the kingdom of God with others that who are lost so that they can be found. Can I, is an amen into that, right? Is an amen to, for others to get to know Jesus Christ. So my name is Jeff Colon, and I'm kind of like in this transition period. So I just ended my job at Modesto Covenant Church as their junior high pastor, and I am starting to work for a nonprofit in the, in August. So I've been in like the summer of just vacationing, going to churches and preaching and having the opportunity to be a part of church families, being a part of the bigger church, because sometimes you get so focused on being in one church that you forget that there's a bigger church out there full of believers that are on fire for Jesus. How many of you are on fire for Jesus this morning? Yes. Yes. So I just want to go ahead and just introduce a little bit about myself, show you, about, show you a picture of my family and who they are so that, you know, so they couldn't be here today because, you know, they live in Charleston, South Carolina, so 3,000 miles away. So here's a few, I'm going to introduce a few people. So the one that's holding my degree because she says that it's hers because she's paid for it is my mom. All right. So she owns my degree and here's the greatest. So my mom is from Haiti. And I, was tell, I preached the other, day, the other Sunday, and I said, you know, she's five foot one. And she called me after she listened to my message. She's like, no, I am not five foot one. I'm five foot two, so get it straight. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, but yet when she's angry, she's six foot. So it's so great. So, you, so, I, so if you notice, I have two brothers on that side and, two brother, two bro, uh, and then a little sister and a younger brother. So I am the middle child. I have middle child syndrome. That's okay. That's okay. And then you have on the side my uncle, then you have my cousin, then you have my niece, then you have my grandma, my two grandmas, and then you have my dad right next to me in the white shirt. So unfortunately, my dad passed away in October. And so, so being able to preach is a, it kind of like a hardship for me because I'm not able to share these moments with him. But here's the thing, I think that, well, I not think, but I believe in a God that allows him to watch me preach on the big screen every Sunday that I get to a chance. And you know, that's great, right? Because that's the type of God that we serve, a God that allows us to be connected to those who have passed. But as long as they believe, and he believed in Jesus Christ because he is the one who led me to Christ. So let's go ahead and get started. So I'm going to start out with prayer. Dear God, I just pray right now, God, that we quiet our souls, that we quiet our minds, 
and we quiet our hearts so that we can hear what you have for us this morning, so that we can hear that you hear what you want to change in us and transform in us, God. And God, I just pray for myself, God, that is less of me and more of you, God. That is you that shines through today, God. That is not me preaching or anything like that, God. It's you who is speaking to your people. And in Jesus' name, amen. So I made a very big mistake this week. <laughs> so I sent Melody the my title message, my message or the title, like the message, the title of my message this morning, right? And, and I sent her the title, I said, The Unforgotten Guest. It was supposed to be The Forgotten Guest. And I sent it to Melody and I was like, and I noticed I messed up. And on Thursday, I said, Melody, can you change it? She's like, Jeff, it's already too late. You got to deal with it or you got to bring it up. And I said... Okay, I'm going to deal with it. And I was just like, how am I going to fix it? Because title message is, is kind of like a big thing. It's like it leads us to where we're going to land at. And I was just like, because I was like, you know, I want it to lead us to the fact that sometimes we forget that Jesus lives with us. That we forget that Jesus is a guest with us. That we, when we are, when we decide to accept Jesus Christ into our hearts, that he doesn't just keep walking out and keep walking back in. He is there to stay. Yes, amen. Yes, I love it. If you want to keep saying amen, get us out here faster. All right. <laughs> so, so I was like thinking, how am I going to get this message? How am I going to make sure that the unforgotten guest. And then God reminded me of something. He said, Jeff, it's not that I'm, that I'm forgettable. It's because the thing is, is that I'm the one who created the universe. I'm the one who created everything that you have. How can you forget me? And then how, how can you forget the person that brought the Israelites out of the wilderness? How can you forget about the God that sent his son to die on the cross for us? How can you forget? He said to me, he said, Jeff, it's not that I am a forgettable God. It's that you are a forgetful host. I was like, hold up. I was like, I am from the south, and I know something about, something, something about hospitality. So if you have never experienced Southern hospitality, you never experienced hospitality in your life. Because here's the thing, we will invite you in our house, and we will make you feel like you're a part of the family, you feel like you are loved, and that you want to come back and enjoy being a part of the family. But sometimes with Southern hospitality, we don't invite you back into our house because you don't know the difference between a barbecue and a cookout. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I am a preacher that loves participation. So you saying amen gets, gets you out of here faster. And then also I'm going to ask you to talk to your neighbor just a little bit. All right. Don't be scared of your neighbor because, you know, they are your brothers and sisters in Christ. So real fast, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, 
Come on, say it. Neighbor, look at your neighbor. And say, you are looking forgetful today. <laughs> and then, then look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, you look better than my other neighbor. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you still... But you still look mighty forgetful today. So, you know where we're leading today, all right? So I want to give you my points up front. If you like taking notes, that is great. So I'm going to give you my points up front so that you don't forget them. And then also, if you don't take notes, I don't know if you know that Jesus loves you because you don't take notes. Because you don't go back to them. I'm just kidding. I don't take notes either. So I'm sorry. (laughs) So my first point is... God is unforgettable, but we are forgetful hosts. My second point is God will consistently remind us that he is with us. And then my third point is that God wants to be with us through it all. Isn't those great three, three points? I could stop preaching right now and go home. <laughs> but that's not going to happen. So <laughs> I want to start off with reading Revelations 3.20. It says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Isn't it funny that Jesus wants to come into our house and eat our favorite meal? Just think about that. What is your favorite meal? I know my favorite meal is my mama's cooking. She knows how to throw down in the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, so think about sitting there with Jesus and eating. You guys are having a good time. You guys are laughing over the time you made those mistakes and you thought that you got away with them, with it. But Jesus was like, nope, I saw you. But then he reminds us, he reminds you that he's already forgiven you for that. Then the night goes on. You guys are having your favorite dessert, saying like, man, your mama threw down in the kitchen and made her a special pie. Or banana pudding. I love me some banana pudding. Or something that you know, even when you are full, when you feel like you're full, that you're still, still going to eat it anyway, when you're not supposed to. And then it's like you and Jesus are going back and forth, telling stories about your lives. And then in these moments, you're growing deeper in a relationship with him. You're telling him about how maybe you wasn't a planned child and that your parents were telling you how you were their little blessing, meaning not planned. And Jesus telling you how he was planned, but his, but his mother and father didn't know it yet. And that his earthly father is not his real father, but his, the father in heaven has sent him through virgin, the virgin birth. Then you guys bring out the board games. For a quick round of Monopoly. You guys know that Monopoly doesn't, is not quick. So during those tense times of Monopoly, you're asking Jesus to pay up because he landed on your property. 
And then Jesus is like, I already paid the price for you. I already died on the cross for you, so I'm going to pass through. I'm going to go and collect my $200 and not pay you. All right? <laughs> and then... And then after the short game of Monopoly, you start to see that Jesus ain't leaving yet. That Jesus doesn't understand the statement that the first time you hear, you're a guest. And that the second time you come, you're family. You know how when you start to overstay yours at someone's house, they start to have the urge to clean up. They start to say, man, I got work in the morning trying to give you those subtle hints saying, get out of my house, you know. <laughs> and then, so, but yet Jesus ignores those signs. Jesus ignores those subtle things and saying, I'm staying. I am here. And then you're like, you know what? I had a great time with you anyway, Jesus. I want you to stay anyway. I want you to stay here with me because, you know, you are a, you are the, you're the life of the party anyway, so I want you to be here. But then all of a sudden, you forget that he is there. All of a sudden, you forget about the fun times that you had with Jesus. All of a sudden, something is going not right in your house. All of a sudden, there isn't enough food on the table. All of a sudden, your marriage is on the rocks. All of a sudden, depression hits and anxiety hits. All of a sudden, we have forgotten that there is a guest in our house that can change our circumstances. All of a sudden, we have forgotten that there is a guest in our house that has given us that house. All of a sudden, we have forgotten that there is a guest in our house named Jesus that has given everything to us in our lives. When we invite Jesus in, he is more than a guest, and he does not come alone. He comes with the Father in heaven, and he comes with the Holy Spirit, and he brings himself. So real fast, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, say, neighbor, how could you forget? Now look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, I can see why you forgot. <laughs> So I want to go into the story of the minor prophet Haggai. But before we hop into the book of Haggai, I want to give us some background of what is happening in this time. This is the moment where the Israelites have been set free from the captivity of the Bab Babylonians. God has set them free and walked them out of the wilderness again. But yet, the house of the Lord lays in ruin. While they are trying to get back on their feet, they're doing, what, doing a lot of what some of us do. God just delivered them from a hardship. God had heard their cries. God had seen them. God had broken the chains and had set them free. This is a constant reminder in our lives that we break out of the chains and wanting to run free, but we forget that we forget the one who broke the chains. We forget about the one who healed us from our brokenness. We forget about the one who has promised not to forsake us. So, and I'm going to read Haggai chapter 1. 
there's some really long names in this, and I'm going to mess it up. But that's okay because, you know, in Bible school, they teach you to say it confidently, confidently and that they won't know. So <laughs> that you messed up. Well, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to mess these names up. But that's okay. <laughs> in the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Sheertail. I did it. Governor of Judah and Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains in ruin. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much but harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. You earn rages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. God is reminding his people in this moment, it's not about what you have, but it's about who you are with. There will be moments in our lives where we have a lot. There will be moments where we do not have enough. God is reminding his people that they will never have enough without him, without him being with them. That looking inwards brings ruin to our lives. There are moments where we got to ask ourselves truthfully, are we living for the promise of self or the promise of God? Because one will lead us to God's glory and the other will lead us to a glory that will not last. There will be moments in our lives where we don't have enough food on the table, but living with a God that will always make sure you have enough food on the table. There will be moments when our bank accounts does not match our bills, but we have a God that will make sure that we are taken care of. There will be moments where we are feeling not seen, but we have a God that will remind us that we are a child as long as we recognize that he is our father in heaven. But let's continue in the story of Haggai. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, which each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew, and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, 
the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces on people and livestock and all the label of your hands. In this moment, God is calling his people to check their hearts. Check where your priorities lay at. Sometimes when we forget that God is in our lives, we forget to rejoice in him. We forget to praise him. We forget to find rest in him. We forget to find peace in him. How many of us today have to check our hearts? I do. I have to check my heart consistently. Where are you finding rest in? Where are you finding your joy at today? Who are you praising when things go right or wrong? Sometimes God takes away the good so that he can show us as his people that it is not what he provides is good, but he is good. That he is the one that deserves our praise that he is the one that deserves our worship, that he is the one who deserves our full attention. This may seem like God is an awful God. Why would he take away from his people to prove a point? It is not the point of how much or how little you have, but it's about the one who provided it. Because there will be moments where we have nothing, but with God, we have everything. I remember, I remember eating at this place called Cookout in the South. The best place in the South where a broke college student can get a good meal. I had $6 in my bank account. I knew I could get a large drink, a double cheeseburger, a ranch chicken wrap, and a chicken quesadilla for $5.65. All right? And I would, and I would be good for dinner that night. The restaurant was packed. I don't like a lot of people, but that's okay. That's okay, though. <laughs> but so I went outside to eat my food when I got my food. I, well, but this is why God is funny. While I was sitting there outside eating the meal that left me with 35 cents in my account, I had a homeless man come and sit at my table. Uninvited, just came down and sat with me because I didn't want to be inside with other people. And in my head, I was like, dude, I'm just trying to enjoy my meal in peace. I'm trying to eat my last supper here. After about 10 to 15 minutes of conversation, he asked the question if I had money to spare. And I said, no, sorry, I don't. In, in my head, I was like, I don't even have enough money for myself. How can I have enough money for you? He said, thank you, and I got up and left. I got in my minivan. Yes, I was driving a minivan because when your parents give you a free car with no payments, you'll drive anything, all right? But I got in my minivan, and God hit me so hard in my, hit me in my spirit that I thought it was my mama that came out of nowhere in that, came out of nowhere. In that moment, God reminded me That even though I had nothing in my account, that I had everything in him. That if I wasn't looking so close to my circumstance, I wouldn't have missed the opportunity that God was giving me. 
I could have prayed for this man. I could have told him about this God that I serve that outserves me on my good days. With God, we don't have any, we don't have nothing. We have everything still to give. When we look at God, we must see him for who he is and what he has done for us so that we can go out and tell people about a God that will give them everything even when, even when to them it feels like they have no hope because when we tell people about Jesus Christ, we start to give them hope. We start to give them new life. We start to give them a father in heaven that will provide everything for them. So, real fast, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you still look forgetful. <laughs> but, but next week, this is where my new friend will be sitting at so they can know Jesus. But let's continue in the story of Haggai. Here's some hard names that I'm going to not do so well on. Then Zerubbabel, son of Sheertil, Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest, the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai. Because the Lord their God has sent, sent him, and the people feared, feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Sheertel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Hosadak, the high priest, the spirit of the whole remnant, of the people, they came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God. And on the 24th day of the sixth month, the remnant of the people were literally those who made the trek back to Judah from the captivity in Babylon. It also refers to those within the larger population who are faithful to the Lord. In these set verses, we hear God say to his people, people, I am with you. God is reminding them of the promise that he made with Moses, and that promise was, I will certainly be with you. This promise is still with us today, that today the Lord is with us. That the Lord will never forsake us. That the Lord sees us. That the Lord wants a relationship with us. That the Lord wants to change your circumstance. That is that God is with you when you are down on your knees praying. That the Lord is wanting to remind us that he is God that can move mountains, that he's a God that can move any mountain, 
that he is a God that can set you free from those invisible chains in your life, that he is a God that is unforgotten because he's a God that has given up everything that, so that we could have everything, and that, is, and that is eternal life with him. Because there is no better place to be other than the presence of God. Because in the presence of God, there is joy that we all need. There is peace that we all want. There is rest from a world that demands so much from us. And there is a hope that one day we will live with him in eternity and that we do not have to face death. So if the worship team would like to come, I'm ending right now. I'm ending right now. I'm telling you, I'm doing good. Last, last two weeks, I, prayed a, I did a message about 42, 45 minutes, and I'm at 23 minutes right now. Look at the Lord works. Won't he do it, right? <laughs> Amen. So my last verse of the day, is, it's in Matthew, Matthew 6, 33. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus is saying, seek God first and all of his righteousness, and all of it will be given to you as well. Those two words he says as well. Jesus is implying that he already got what we want and need. And he is giving us the cheat codes to receive what he already has. Because there's moments, there would be moments in our lives where we are desperately in need of the kingdom of God. When we are desperately in need for God's righteousness. And that we cannot forget that he is already with us, that we cannot forget that he is a God that will move the mountains so that we can see him, so that we can be with him, so that we can be united with him, so that we can live a life worth living, so that we can live a life of freedom, so that we don't have to be bound to the chains of this world so that we can be free in him. So today, if you hear Jesus knocking at your door, let him in because I promise you, he will lead you to a God that has so many promises for you, that has fulfilled every promise. So, so today, brothers and sisters, do not forget to seek out his kingdom and his righteousness. Before I leave today, I want to tell you two stories in one. I remember one day my dad sitting me on his lap and saying to me, Son, did you know if you accept Jesus into your heart that one day, even when we are all dead, that we as a family will be united from that day on, I have sought out the Lord. That is one 
of the most defining moments of my life because I want to be united with my family even when I leave this world. Unfortunately, my dad was the first one to pass in our immediate family. And when he died, it shook me to my core. I lost focus on God. I lost confidence on who I was in God. And I was not seeking after God's kingdom or his righteousness. One night, I had a dream. And it was a dream with my dad. And this was after he passed. And in this dream, my dad and I was in the car driving somewhere. He looked at me and said, Jeff, this is the last time I will come visit you. But I want to ask you one question before I go. What is one thing you miss most about me? The one thing I miss the most about my dad is that I loved talking to him about the God that we serve. I woke up from that dream and that night because in that dream, God reminded me that even though I lost my earthly father, even though I have a hole inside of me, even though that there's, going to, there's moments in my life where I'm going to feel so lonely when I want to just talk to my dad, that, that I still have a heavenly father that still loves me, that wants to fill that hole inside of me, that wants to be the father that I am missing. So today, we cannot forget about the God that loves us so much that he's already given up everything so that we could have a life of freedom. So I would just like to go ahead and pray and we will continue. Dear God, I just pray right now, God, that you, that we are reminded of it, that you, we are reminded that we cannot forget you because you are a God that is unforgettable, that you are a God that will consistently run after us when we feel like we are lost, when we feel like we are down on, we are down on our luck, God, that you will bring us up out of the pit of darkness so that you can be in the light with you. And in Jesus' name, amen.